is going on omi homies and omets and today we have our dj and dad podcast uh, coming at you and we'll be talking about quite a bit i mean we have a lot of topics you don't want to miss out you want to stay to the very end here we're going to be talking about the vvama last night we're going to be talking about the blur airdrop of course and we're going to be talking about the lambo drop on vv as well and a lot of other stuff history being literally made um with uh, things like Dookie Dash, Bitcoin Ordinals. And today we have none other than the man, the myth, the legend, the mustache, Chris Coffee, joining us today. Of course, the other DJ and dad. Chris, what is going on, my man? Hey, man, not much, not much. Been a been a beautiful week in the uh, crypto and NFT world. Yeah, dude, we have a full stack of topics today. We have uh, Daniel coming in live. We have energy with the good vibes bringing in SoCal Omi Homie with the chair of justice uh, at his house. He's bringing truth and justice this morning. And welcome in Omi Homies to Met. Please be sure to share this out. We have Chris Coffey himself tuning in. Let's go with all his beans and glory with his coffee business. All right, so... Chris, let's let's get into it, man. I mean, let's right right out of the gates. Let's let's talk about. We'll be talking about VV, of course, here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But the first topic, I mean, blur. I mean, wow, incredible, man. Yeah. Um, this is something very interesting because this shows that not only can a uh, you know innovative platform take a lot of market share, but how they can successfully execute this as well. What's your thoughts on this whole thing? Bro, I'm loving it, man. I've been telling people for months to get in on that airdrop farming. And uh, even last week's episode in the show notes, I put, you know, uh, the alpha was prepare for the blur airdrop. And dude, there's some people that just did a couple of tasks, a couple of trades on blur, and they got over $1,000 airdrop to them for for free just for participating. Uh, and I, I think one cool thing that I experienced, Kyle, is that I was able to explain how this this system worked to like my parents mm-hmm. um, because my dad's always been familiar with eBay. And so I just use eBay as an analogy. I was like, imagine if eBay was a startup and eBay rewarded you for first off clicking using buy it now feature, you know, using their features for a couple months. And then eBay says, all right, well, now we're going to reward you for bidding. You don't even have to win the bid. But if you place a bid, eBay is going to like that you're taking place on their feature, so they're going to reward you for that. And then they do another phase. So like, all right, well, eBay is going to reward you for like something else. So like my dad clearly understood that. There was no like, oh, you have to use this chain and do this. And, and like it wasn't like super detailed. It was like very easy to explain to my friends and family. I am participating in a beta project, and that project's going to reward me for participating in it. So a lot of people got rewarded. Lots of money was printed. Uh, I literally made you tweet, uh, money printer go blur. Uh, people got a lot of money, bro, and for not doing a lot at all. Uh, there was a couple of millionaires made overnight. Yeah, man. And just to like talk about for people that don't know what blur is, like what is going on? What the heck is blur? Blur is like essentially like OpenSea. Everybody knows what OpenSea is. Um, it's, it's like OpenSea. When I say like, it's kind of way different than OpenSea. This is a platform that's built for professional traders and they have massive or they have like a huge uh, upgrade to their UI, which lets you kind of like sweep floors as you can kind of see this like little demo here of, you know, somebody sweeping six items off the floor. It shows rarities. Yeah, it shows it shows rarities and all kinds of different stuff on here and really makes it easier for you to do your NFT trading, your research and to see like data on the fly. So they have a like taking significant market share from OpenSea and the macro NFT marketplaces. And it's it's vastly important. And we'll get into kind of this royalty um, issue in here in just a minute. But Chris, like. I don't know if you want to add to like the feature list here, but this is why they've been so disruptive. Um, I mean, uh, recently. So, yeah, the it's an aggregator too. So, like one of my favorite parts about Blur is, uh, I mean, they're having some OpenSea drama right now, but like ultimately, it it can be listed on Blur, it can be listed on OpenSea, it can be listed on XTY2 or Luxrare, and Blur will show you the floor of that of that NFT. So, like if you're on OpenSea and the floor is let's say 0.1 on OpenSea marketplace, you could go to blur and you might be able to find it for 0.07 on a different marketplace. 
So Blur is the first aggregator that I've used. There was Jim XYZ. I used that one too. But Blur is the best, the first one that has its own marketplace that I've used as well. And that has all these trading features. Like a lot of these tools you used to have to pay for in NFT trading. But like the charts at the bottom right, uh, if you see like that sales volume being tracked, all the little white dots, uh, that's pretty helpful. You can you can even like expand that. So I mean, that's just like being able to use, to kind of see some data just off of using Blur itself. Uh, the sweep feature, I actually had issues with that. That's why I was saying I hate that. Didn't mean to interrupt you over there, but I've actually swept something and I'm pretty sure I paid, paid for two items and only got one. So that was like a, a big, <laughs> that was a big loss at the time. Uh, but yeah, it's blur is just kind of a one-stop shop, man. It's a, it's a tool to read analytics. Uh, it's got its own rarity checker. As you see, each one of those little birds, moon birds has like a rarity next to it. Uh, it's the UI is beautiful. Uh, the founder is Pac-Man. Bro, they immediately were listed on KuCoin. I think they're going to get listed on Coinbase as well. Um, so if you got the airdrop yesterday, most of the day the airdrop was worth like, I heard it was like, yeah, yesterday. I think it was yesterday, maybe two days ago now. This this space just flies by, man. But anyways, it was, it was worth like 60 cents the day that everybody got the airdrop. And dude, it's been trucking upwards right now. Uh, I can't, my CoinGecko is uh, uh, kind of not working right now. But last I checked, it was over a dollar. Yeah, it, it was over like a dollar too when I checked as well. Um, and you can see here, like you can see the blur, like you can see where this where this NFT is listed. So it aggregates data from like OpenSea. You can see this one. It's got the little tiny OpenSea logo um, just to show you like where it's listed here. Um, but then that's kind of caused an issue in terms of royalties. So like if it's, you know, these collections aren't filtering out like blur, they have to like OpenSea pretty much blocks them from getting royalties on these other marketplaces, including OpenSea itself. So they have to, they're basically forcing collections to pick OpenSea uh, or essentially have to, you know, pick one or the other. So it's caused a lot of issues. And the founder of Blur fired shots at OpenSea, saying that users should op outright ban OpenSea usage. And uh, and he did encourage that OpenSea work with Blur to open up the, the royalty system so that creators can both win. So again, we talked about I talked about this on a Twitter space yesterday, Chris, about these royalties. Because a lot of people in the VV community don't really understand how the wider macro space is working in terms of royalties. This is a perfect example of how hot the topic of royalties actually is in the macro mm -hmm. NFT space. Yeah, man. I mean, it is very important. I'm interested to see how OpenSea and Blur settle this royalty debate. Yeah, very curious. I mean, as Blur continues to take market share, uh, I saw all these pudgy penguins, man. These are all listed on Blur. Like that's actually pretty insane, and some of these projects. Uh, actually, click that. I was gonna. I can show you something about that. Yeah, I, it won't let me click this one, but um, uh, okay. I can go down to one of these collections. I was gonna say, like Pudgy specifically. Uh, there's a lot of stolen, and Blair actually shows you if it's stolen or not. So it's a pretty cool feature. Yeah, so that's another cool, innovative okay. feature. Okay, so Once you see again, that top, the top left doodle is like has a X through Open C or whatever. That yep. just means that that basically it's flagged or stolen and somebody's trying to offload it. So it kind of gives you a warning. Yeah, that and that's another innovative feature there. Um, again, people in the VB community were asking about like, well, what's the process if somebody steals it? Um, this is what me and uh, actually Buck Nasty, we were trying to explain to people uh, that you can actually flag these. And Chris, I think you might have talked about that last week as well. So mm -hmm. um, anyways, again, innovative marketplace, ch kind of changing the game, uh, giving OpenSea kind of a reality check. I don't know. Um, very interesting topic for sure. Uh, did you have anything else to add to this one? Or Money printer go blur, man. I wish I could find <laughs> unfortunately coin gecko or like everything's bugging out on me but i was going to try to get the price but it's just again it's just crazy like you could have done like a couple of things on the marketplace and got airdropped over a thousand tokens which are now worth over a dollar each yeah and some people again made hundreds of thousands of dollars on this airdrop um oh, yeah. so millions yeah and the dune analytics are showing that blur is taking a significant market share out of literally the entire nft marketplace market um, so NFT marketplace wars are on and people, you know, I don't know, like, I know we want interoperability, but it does beg the question, will brands just wait this out until this royalty situation is kind of like swept under the rug and, uh, 
kind of settled, like ironed out. The details are kind of ironed out. Um, time will tell, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess the last thing is there is going to be an airdrop uh, season two. I, I, my expectations is pretty low for it after this like significant season one airdrop. But that's something that you could farm right now. You just got to be careful because this one's higher risk. Uh, it, it's based off of listings, and it's ba- I think it's still based off of biddings. But it's so competitive, right? It's so competitive that people are bidding over the floor to like t- take part in it, like because like it, the higher bid you do, the higher risk you're taking of actually getting accepted, and the higher player rewards you. So like right now, it's like extremely competitive. Yeah, uh, are you talking about the like bidding on what now? The Blair, like using their oh. features for for this next airdrop that's coming up. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine so. Um, yeah. Next, speaking of that, speaking of like all this money, like liquidity, it, it, it feels like the crypto market is kind of on fire. What's your thoughts about that? I'm not convinced that it's not a trickle effect from Blur because there has been some good news, uh, like what happened uh, we could talk about this later but like basically hong kong is going to be legally allowed to trade cryptocurrency again uh this summer uh there's more good news about crypto being incorporated in 401ks uh so so those are both pretty good but ultimately i didn't track it very closely but i heard the cpi reports were actually pretty poor this week like like we essentially got some bad news and the market didn't care so i haven't paid enough attention to macro conditions but it's I almost feel like this is all just still kind of hype and still kind of like a lot of people got got stimmies. And so they're just putting it into crypto. And then with the stable coins, that's, you know, there's been a lot of uh, fear around stables this week, yet the crypto market doesn't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things going going on. The CPI data came back. It was kind of like one of those awkward moments where it's like, well, it went up like 0.1%. And, but it's like still six point six and a half like percent higher than last year so a lot of people are like expecting better but at the same time we're like eh, it's all right so we'll just continue to uh go about this like mini bull market that's going on i don't i don't know it it, like things kind of went up a little bit after that cpi data came out it's like people were just kind of like i feel like well it's not too bad so uh here we go (laughs) um and it uh, you know i think people are kind of reading into this a little bit about the Fed and how they're going about this uh, inflation, tackling inflation, and feel that the Fed is on track, actually. So um, I think a lot of people are anticipating this um, and kind of seeing, uh, kind of trying to speculate on the Fed a lot here. And I think that's why the market has kind of uh, slightly improved a little bit. But we'll see. I mean, next month could be a completely different story. I mean, once another report comes out, it could make the market slide. So time will definitely tell. uh, I do well, want to point out that Bitcoin touched 25K for the first time since summer. So like since uh, June specifically. And Ethereum touched, is over 1700 now, which I think it did touch 1700 not long ago. Yeah, so people, some people are saying the, like Bitcoin could still dip, but not as far as it, like they once predicted. So a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to go to like 10K, 14K in between that range. Now people are kind of more like, oh, it could actually just go to like maybe 17K instead based on like Fed data, stock market data, things like that. So it's going to be definitely one to watch out for. Speaking of which, man, Bitcoin, another historical week this past week, 44 million non-zero addresses on the Bitcoin blockchain, meaning that the ordinals had has a direct impact to people having Bitcoin balances in their wallet, and it broke mm. uh, all-time record of 44 million non-zero wallets on the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, Chris, I know you you were into this really early on. Any thoughts about this? Yeah, man. Ordinals is a uh, I, I don't know what the correct word to use a cataclysmic event for the uh, DeFi space. Uh, in my opinion, it's like the most secure spot for I don't even want to call it an NFT because like Bitcoin is fungible. But like it, it's if you're not familiar with, the, or, with what an ordinal is, it's essentially a taking a satoshi which uh was 100 million satoshis makes up one bitcoin and right and inscribing something on that satoshi so now like that piece of bitcoin has like an image on it so the permanence there and the fact that it exists on the blockchain forever uh you know like it 
take like a hundred years from now or like 200 years from now, like a lot, even Ethereum, like a lot, unless it's like in the chain, like it's made on chain. Um, a lot of Ethereum NFTs, like the IPFS that they store them on or the uh, centralized servers they store them on might not be there. Like they might go out of business. The image might not exist anymore. The company might shut down. But if you're inscribing these on Bitcoin, 500 years from now, somebody could come and see one of these Satoshis, you know, and if, if everything's still going smooth and be able to see your JPEG on the chain. So like that digital permanence uh, really struck with me. I, unlike anything I have like seen to date. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like, su- like you're saying, it's super significant. Um, the permanence of that, like what makes it different from Ethereum NFTs is that it, it's on literally on chain. Um, whereas most like 99.99% of, or like all of Ethereum NFTs are like, you know, done with IPFS, which is de- a decentralized file system. Which is still good, but technically it still has to be upkept and ran. So, like, if anything ever went down, technically your your art could go down, and you'd have to like re uh, re up it or update it and move to a different system. Um, there's been improvements on this, like there's uh, weave and things like that. Um, but yeah, in terms of the significance of this being on the king of crypto, Bitcoin itself, the original blockchain. Um, I mean, this is huge. It's massive. Yeah. And uh, people making still making history. It broke 100k like the other day. Nuts. Um, yeah, I remember watching it cross 10k. Man, it was like such a moment. We were all in Twitter Spaces watching that entire block, and the block ended, and it was at 9,999. <laughs> it's almost like it was like playing a trick on us. Yeah. So, uh, absolutely insane. Now, speaking of history, Dookie Dash ended with a historical, uh, a well-known gamer, like a professional esports player from the Fortnite days. And he won a lot of tournaments. I mean, he was very well known for his uh, insane reflexes, building skills in Fortnite. Um, Mongrel. Chris, what's your thoughts about this one? I know um, me and you were both watching this one from the sidelines. Did he cheat? Did he not? Um, Yeah, he got the the key. So this is like the the keys to um the board Ape yacht club um i don't know chris what does this key go to anyways i don't I'm, i i don't even know yeah i was gonna pull it up but open c is broken right now it looks like it's uh now it's not showing me very well basie tweeted a uh animation of the key so we can maybe pull that oh, up here it is. On i got Twitter. it i got it uh let me share my screen and see how how do i share my screen but yeah, he mongrel killed that game. I mean, got a score of like, what was it over 800,000 or something crazy? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What his, I don't know what his final score was, but it was ridiculous. So you see how it says number one. Each of these sewer passes are like, you know, numbered now. But if you click the number one, it turns into like this key. And right now he has it listed for 2,222 Ethereum, which is like <laughs> almost $4 million. And I think it's going to sell. Like, I really do. Uh, and I think that this is a fair price uh, for, like, the number one key. Um, as, I'm not going to say fair price, but, I mean, it's literally the number one asset in one of the Huga collections. And not only if there's more to this than just, like, buying the key, you're buying, like, I, I feel like somebody who's, like, really in NFTs and really wealthy, like Machi, um, is going to buy this as, like, a statement piece. And this is going to make the news, man uh web 2 gamer they're not gonna say web 2 game professional gamer uh plays this nft game gets the number one key and makes millions off of it you're not just gonna see that on crypto and nft news you're gonna see that on like all news outlets like that's gonna be breaking so you think about it like i think the right person is probably gonna spend this money just for like a giant marketing campaign now, on top of that they're gonna have the best asset in, in this you know in, in this collection but uh, I can totally see this happening. And also, one thing I want to note, too, is if you go to Mongrel's vault, this dude's actually, like, did this a lot. He bought a lot of keys. And almost all of these, like, in the top 30, man, like, he got he got number one, number two. He didn't get number three, but he got number five. Uh, like, he got number seven. So he, he got, like, several of the top ten. This dude's going to make millions of dollars off of playing this game. Yeah, I mean, rightly so. I mean, gamers should be making money. I mean, at, at I mean, this is kind of one of those lo- once in a lifetime type of opportunities. I feel like like there's going to be a couple more out there, 
Uh, but this one, obviously, one of the most well-known, notable, historical, significant Web3 games. Um, and it being beat by Mongrel, who was very well-known for making like these like insane courses in Fortnite that like creators could make. And he would like run through this like obstacle course and then beat that obstacle course in a record time. So he's already very well known in the Fortnite community for doing things like this. And he turns around and does this for, for gamers and web three games. I think that's huge and a huge impact there. So uh, shout out to mongrel for, for really, um, you know, winning this. I mean, that's pretty massive. Um, it was yeah, just under yeah. a million. It was nine hundred twenty-eight thousand five hundred twenty-two, which is just, which is like ten x the average person. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Even like the Web three gaming community, nobody touched like was even close to touching that. Like Web three gamers that were uh, very well known, like didn't even come close to touching that. Um, but yeah. Not to be rude, but it kind of reminds me if you're like at a smaller school, but you're like the big dog at a at a sport at that smaller school, and then you you play like a five A team and you get smashed. That's kind of yeah. I feel like there was like big dogs that were like the good gamers of Web three, and they are. They could probably whoop me at any game. But then somebody who's like a like a top dog professional steps in and just demolishes everybody. Like that. That's what we saw here. Yeah, just. Just insane, man. Um, so speaking of Twitter and things like that, Elon tweeting about Floki. Uh, what's up with that, man? Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't do see we, that. Yeah, Elon and other news tweeting about the CEO of Twitter. And uh, I think a lot of people at first thought it was Doge, but if you actually look close under um, in the tweet, it says under his name, it's Floki. Um, so what the heck? Yeah, and a lot of people were speculating that Elon was into Floki, and this kind of confirms it. So, yeah. you know, even Andre, Steph, uh, Stephen Graham, or Stephen Graham, whatever his name is, uh, those financial YouTubers, they all covered Floki in speculation that Elon was actually talking about Floki the whole time and not Doge after a while. What the heck? Yeah, yeah so. they delete it. Do you have the tweet? Um, Elon's tweet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's still up there. Um. Yeah, feel free to 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 uh, throw it up there. I'll look for it. But yeah, in, in a nutshell, um, he's been tweeting about Floki lately and things like that. Being this like jokingly the CEO of Twitter, and it's a picture of a dog. Um, so, anyways, pretty funny stuff. Um, I don't know. Are people? Do you think people are gonna YOLO into Floki coin? Probably too late now. They probably already did. Yeah. Been a trading opportunity. Yeah, but like long term, does he have plans for Floki? That's the real question here. Because he, I mean, if he integrates Floki with like Twitter, for example, that could be that could be pretty big. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Surprisingly, it's only up like fifty percent. I expected like way more. That's just in yeah. yeah. Hours. That's in twenty four hours though. I wonder like within the week. It's probably here. Let me check. Yeah, I mean, it, this kind of is how that's how it happened with Doge. Like he tweeted one or two times about Doge initially, and then it it obviously went up. But um, that was like at the beginning of a bull market, so like obviously his tweets had like way more impact. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it began as well, and then things got like crazy. Um, but yeah, so uh, speaking, yeah, go ahead. I was kidding, my, my internet's like bugging bad. Like I can't, or it might just be these like websites. Like I can't pull up anything. All right, no, no worries there. Let's move on to the next one here. Um, you know, I, obviously he's had scrutiny in the past of like doing his tweets and even ran in issues with the SEC. Speaking of SEC, uh, banning staking. It, I mean, Brian Armstrong from Coinbase actually weighed in on this and was basically saying that um, he suspects that the SEC wants to outright ban staking altogether in the U.S. What's your thoughts on that? Is that another black swan event? No, but it's just sad for the U.S. Like they're gonna, they're gonna be left behind financially if they keep on having these like very brute force reactions to like things they don't understand or things that they're just trying to overregulate. Like I don't know, it's kind of sad to see that the U.S. isn't reacting accordingly they need somebody in office who actually understands the technology and understands the uh how this can impact like our financial system and kind of go from there so it's more just makes me I, 
at the end of the day, like the, I guess the beauty of DeFi is that like doesn't really matter how hard they regulate it. Oh, CoinGecko is over capacity. I've literally never seen that. <laughs> that that's why it wasn't popping up. But anyways, it doesn't really matter because like you know it's decentralized at the end of the day. But it's still like yeah, it's going to impact things if if people don't have a good way to to access it. Yeah, like you said, man, it's I feel like that's going to put us years behind, or maybe even decade, a decade um, if this like goes through and they start banning stuff out, out of just wanting to regulate. Um, I feel like the SEC just has trigger finger and they're just like super overreactive to regulation. And they're, since they're not putting out clear regulation, the only thing the only tool that they have is just suing everybody. I mean, yeah. this is kind of embarrassing to have a country um, that has always been the at the tip of the spear in terms of innovation. You know, we, you know, obviously like the car assembly lines, like tons of other, um, you know, historical inventions. Um, and we even invented like the chip, the computer chip. So uh, this is kind of a joke. The U.S. is like already like considered the financial hub of the world. And for the SEC not to like have clarification here is kind of embarrassing. And um, you mentioned earlier, Chris, um, Hong Kong, I think they're like fully legalizing uh, crypto there. And it's like. Yeah. yeah, there just needs to be more clear conditions. Uh, also, Brian Armstrong also said this, um, like something similar to what I just said in a tweet the other day. Uh, it's, he says America is at risk of losing its status as a financial hub long term with no clear regulations on crypto and a hostile environment from regulators. Congress should act to pass clear legislation. Crypto, And then he said crypto is open to everyone in the world and others are leading the EU, the UK and now Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of tragic. But what's not tragic? Well, actually, we have one more tragic topic here is BUSD under attack, a stablecoin attack. Is that like that's kind of an ongoing issue too? kind of a mini black yeah. swan here um, again? Oh, I, I got an interesting thought on that, too, in a bit. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go share it. Well, like, so the BUSD is under attack by the SEC being considered a security, and so is USDC. So what does that make gems on VV? Yeah, well, I think in-app, like, currency, like, kind of gamified, um, like V-Bucks on Fortnite, those aren't considered um, securities. But so um, you can't trade V-Bucks out for, like, you can't cash them out for, like, supposedly one to one to a dollar, though. That's very true. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, they do have an MTL or money transmitter license. Maybe it's because it's revolving the sale of uh, digital collectibles. Um, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point you brought up. Um, somebody says, any thoughts on David's response to the lack of exchanges for OMI? We forgot to talk about the VV, <laughs> the VV um, um, AMA yeah. last night with Lori. Shout out to Lori, man. She's a G. Um, yeah, she did a great she, job. She's yeah, she always does a great job. She's like a natural interviewer. It's like mm -hmm. she found her like life's calling like man. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things here to dissect, man. I mean, there's pros and then there's cons. All right. Um, you know, Lori asking, hey, are these going to be interoperable one day? Will they have utility one day? I don't know if we got a clear answer on that. So let's cover the, maybe the cons first um out of the gates here uh, did it make sure. you bullish bearish what were some of the cons i hated it uh, i mean like I, I i i won't even sugarcoat it to me that was the worst lori did an amazing job so not on her end but on some of david's responses that was just like the most like bearish like straightforward responses personally i've heard towards some of the topics now like i guess you can argue that like at least some of them are straightforward but like like the interoperability thing, man. So like the first time that it was asked, she basically said, do we have interoperability or is interoperability coming? David said, we have fidgetals. <laughs> I didn't even know how to respond to that. So I was like, oh God, well, hopefully she like re-asked the question. And she did. Again, Lori did an amazing job. So she re-asked the question again. And then David said this pretty vague statement. Uh, I, I kind of like posted about it on Twitter, but like I was, I, I want to know your thoughts too, Kyle. Um, to what he said he said around th this is like pretty much word not word for word i don't want to like misquote him but i did quote it right after he said it if vv goes belly up they will be released to the public uh and then there was like another clip from that too 
what does that mean? <laughs> like, what, what does it mean they'll be released to the public? And then he said something about L1s, but it was like really random with it. Like basically like the the artist collectibles and comics will be released to L1 and then the licensed ones will be released to the licensors. I, I'd, <laughs> what, what do you think? Yeah, I think they need to more like officially say something about that. Maybe have like Alex or Reese talk about that. Like in that scenario, um, I think we should get more, hopefully get more clarification around that. I don't know, um, you know, again, I don't know if like, you know, I guess David is like, I, it, isn't he like Taiwanese? Like he has Taiwanese descent. Um, so like in terms of, I don't know if English is his first language, for example, so I think it's kind of hard to like extrapolate sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know I, that there, there's questions I have too on that. I don't know what that looks like. It would be muddy either way, but it sounds like at the end of the day, users would get their NFTs like, you know, hopefully back to their wallets. I just don't know there. There's the other scenario that's like, well, what happens with the data? Are you guys storing everything on IPFS or does like that data have to like, be redone by these brands and artists. Um, I don't think VV is going to go under, but you know, if it did, it'd create a kind of a muddy situation. Um, and a lot of questions would be asked, but, um, at least at the minimum, there would be some reassurance that we would get our, get our NFTs back. So I hope because the way that it sounded to me was that they would be given back to the licensors and that essentially from there, they decide, you know, what to do with our assets. And while like everybody could probably respond to this, well, like, of course, Disney's going to like give you back their at your assets. So, you know, that's their reputation. Maybe Disney will, but maybe I'm a Matt Gondek will, I, you know, or whatever. Like may maybe I like, I have like Batman stuff or whatever. Like if I have like, I don't think every single licensor is going to be responsible with their assets. And I don't even like the idea of it going back to the companies and like, where are they going to store it? I, I don't know, Kyle. Like, I feel like, Maybe that wasn't the time and place, but we don't get the team very often for these very straightforward questions. And a lot of things I don't feel like we, I don't really feel like it's our business, some of the things, but when it comes to our assets, like I do feel like that's our business. So like, mm -hmm. I feel like there needs to be this point. like yeah. very clear cut, what's going to happen with these assets if, you know, you go down. And like, I guess like at the end of the day, if, if the answer is what we all fear, like, we lose our assets if if they go belly up, you know, maybe they just don't want to say that out loud and maybe it will never be said out loud. And I'm not saying that's what it is, but it's like, if it's not that, I would love to know what it is. <laughs> like, I would love to know yeah. exactly, you'll be given the keys to these wallets, they'll exist on, on Immutable X or like, will like, what's the, what's the plan B if there is a plan B? I, I, I do feel like we deserve to know that with our assets. True, true. Um, so yeah, that would create a, definitely a muddy situation. Um, hopefully that never happens, obviously. Um, what yeah. were some of the other things I like, I, I thought it was kind of funny too. Like some of the responses, like, you know, Lori, like, are we going to get interoperability? And it was kind of like this, like, not so like straightforward answer. And then like, yeah. we're talking about fidgetals now. It's like, well, like we don't, we're here for the, for the di digital side. So anyways, well, it's I, just I do want to add one more thing on that. Like, yeah, you're I do agree with you. Like let let's say like, oh well, the odds of VV going belly up is low. But what about the odds of VV getting hacked? You know, like yeah, they've already been exploited before. Granted the exploit was, you know, less severe. But like if they get hacked and then like something happens to our assets through that, like like there's other scenarios that could happen where like it would affect us directly without them going belly up. So again, just like understanding a plan b again like i feel like there's certain things we ask that just isn't our business but there uh, there's other things just like okay well like these yeah. i literally paid for this there. i would like no <laughs> yeah there, there's a lot to dissect there in general too it's like if if everything was interoperable operable at the time that the hack happened i don't know if people would have got their collectibles back at the same time um but now we are and i think we v is in a good place to maybe allow that now um hopefully hopefully like the security side has been buttoned up enough to where we don't have to worry about that on the platform um so there's a lot to dissect in that and the utility i think they kind of i don't i don't know if this is like 100 percent, but um i think they said like basically like utility is not going to happen for a while i mean i don't i, I think that's kind of how i took it 
or like some of these older collectibles um, aren't going to have utility, but maybe the new ones like moving forward are. Is that what kind of was said? I I don't exactly remember. I, the I had wording it dip, on that. like right when that conversation started because I had another space that I help run um, yeah. with an empty now, but that's essentially what I got from it before I left. And that's also like not new, but for some right, people right. are still, still kind of clinging to it. Like I don't remember the source, but I swear, and it might have been Alex, and people are saying that you know Alex kind of goes back and forth on some things um but i swear that somebody said before that like want that they're not going to add utility to older collectibles like sp specifically i want to say even like even the golden moments directly like they said that in the past but i don't remember like for sure and it was something to do with like if they do release utility they like need an agreement with the licensor to like do that utility so it's it needs to be like disclosed at the time of drop kind of like how like we saw utility with the golden moments and it was the disney uh plus you know so like they had utility that was discussed and that was promoted so i don't know if they're gonna like, go back and add that utility to disney and if they do i think it's gonna be things that are on vv's end so like not licensed products but like the vv logo like VV at any point can come out and say, all right, we're going to add this utility to the VV logo. Cause like that's their product. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably continue to do that with the gold logo. I, I think David, yeah, David already said in a, like a AMA that they'll continue to add utility like forever for those. So, um, I, yeah, I I'm excited for those, but yeah, other collectibles, it's kind of like a bummer, but it is what it is. Um, a couple of good things though, that I did get out of it. Um, was his response to um, some of the questions around um, are taking our assets off of Immutable X or like the interoperability there um, or Disney choosing Polygon, I think is the actual question that was asked in terms of the accelerated yeah. program. Um, he did mention that like VV is not bound down by one chain. Um, and he said that like, you know, um, you know, they they could look at options or they could, you know, do things there. Um, I don't know exact wording on that, but um, from what I got out of that, it sounds like they could support uh, an additional chain in the future. Um, that, to me, um, is actually very bullish, um, you know, because a lot of people are have mixed feelings about IMX because it's they've developed kind of slow compared to Polygon. Um, but what's your thoughts on that? Could VV become multi-chain? Would, would that make you more bullish long-term? What's your thoughts on that? I actually interpreted that differently. Um, and I'm not saying that my interpretation is, is correct, but the way that I interpreted it was Lori asked what David thinks about Disney choosing Polygon when Vivi's on Immutable. And I interpreted it as, is that Logan Paul drink? And, and yeah. I interpreted <laughs> that as... Um, it's a new flavor, bro. As, He's, as, I'm sponsored. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. They should. Oh, okay. They should switch <laughs> DJ and dads right here on they the should, podcast. Bro, they should. But I interpreted that as David saying to his knowledge that Disney is not bound to his polygon, not, not VB uh, and that Disney could be multi-chained. Um, but I, I mean, like I'm not closed off to the fact that he could invent like VB as well. And I don't know, like, I mean, yeah, I think multi-chain is the answer, you know, shout out to recur. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause recur is chain agnostic. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I really thought that he was just kind of talking about to his knowledge, Disney is not going to be bound to polygon, which I agree with. I, I think Disney is not going to be bound just to polygon. Yeah, see, I, I took it because I think he actually literally said VV is not bound to like a, a, a VV is not a blockchain app. Like, you know, it's got the underlying technology as I think he just meant like VV doesn't have to just use Immutable X. So I yeah. could see that being bullish if they do like implement Polygon because that could mean these starter programs could you could transfer assets into v, like that would open up a whole different world. Obviously, VV's like development is so slow at this current time that I don't know if I can be super bullish. It it'd just make me a little, like a little bit more bullish. Like it, it wouldn't make me yeah. like, again, they would have to deliver this year on a lot of the features that they've said that they would um, for me to feel confident about that again. But it does like, at least that, that, that they're thinking about these things. So for me, that was definitely a kind of a little nugget there. Um, another one was that Bob Iger apparently was the CEO. And then of course he stepped down from being CEO and was a chairman of Disney when Vivi was in talks with Disney, um, during their license, uh, talks and discussions early on. That actually yeah. makes me very reassuring 
uh, of the Disney license on Marvel uh, because uh, Bob Iger was there and now he's back as the CEO. Um, yeah. Anyways, I thought that was kind of a gold nugget um, out of kind of the whole um, AMA that we got a lot of indirect answers. I feel like that weren't like clarifying anything, but out of those couple of nuggets I did get that, that one stuck out to me because Bob Iger's bullish on web three. Yeah, um, sure. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I like that part of it. David also made a comment of like a, a hundred year license, I think something like that. Oh right? man, basically, I don't know. <laughs> that's crazy. Basically. I mean, not that he has it, but like, I think that, like that's the plan is to like, mm. just you know, always have that license with Disney. And it sounded like he was in good relationship with either Bob Iger or like somebody at Disney. Cause I don't remember who Lori asked. He he spoke to, but she was basically like, you know, were you talking to them recently? And David's like, yeah. So like, I think like they're in good standings with their licensors. So like, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, that's not a that's not a concern like I, I think it's good to know that disney's probably going to be around with vb uh, or you know disney and vb are going to be teamed up for years to come yeah and just coming off of like everything we talked about in terms of blur and the royalty thing the again these big companies have to be looking at like the wider nft space and being like wtf like w- like I, I'm scared now to like go off of VV. So it that actually is a silver lining for VV, in my opinion. Now, again, we're like there's two different sides of the coin here. We have Web3 maxis that are like DGen, uh, t- take my assets off app. I want to be able to trade them on pseudo uh, swap, OpenSea, and all these other marketplaces out there. Um, but the reality blur. is, yeah, blur. Um, but Blur pointed out a big issue in the royalty. They they literally poked a big hole in mm-hmm. OpenSea's bubble that um, I could see this like uh, affecting brands and how they view the current NFT space as a whole. And Blur doing justice uh, to this whole um, situation. So it is something that interesting to think about in the macro. Um, that does make Vivi uh, more attractive to the brands, I think, if they're paying attention. I don't know how deeply involved these brands are. We've seen a lot of them flop. Porsche, <laughs> Porsche kind of flopped in the beginning before they, they low. <laughs> yeah, before they, they, they two x. Yeah. yeah, before they cut the supply. Um, but yeah, we've seen a lot of brands flop. Um, so it, it does beg the question, though, if the brands are paying attention to this, they got to be like asking themselves, like, "Oh my god, I might not get paid for my for my IP." So yeah, um, another like little silver lining there. I know again, this AMA wasn't like a super bullish one. I feel like in terms of the community, like we're all kind of like fidgetal. Like we want to know if we're going to be interoperable. Yeah, um, that's the that's kind of like the million dollar question. Um, I, I think what you just said to like sir, see like the whole. Well, it's convenient that we didn't move faster. Like I don't like that argument, and, and that's how like. Uh, the original question, the B said, any thoughts on David's response to lack of exchanges for Omi? I believe one of his responses was essentially they like forgot to sign something and then they went <laughs> on a trip. It's like a docu-sign. I, <laughs> I don't I don't like that answer, dude. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I it feels like it, it feels like you dropped the I'm just going to be straightforward with it. It feels like you dropped the ball on something, but it ended up working out. So you're going to like act like you did it on purpose. dude Dude, yeah so okay here's my take on that i agree but like at the same time i feel like vv has like their mess ups have like worked out for them so much i don't like i don't even know how one project could do this like it's like they they've i don't know they it's like they stumbled into success here and uh, i mean i guess that's that's i mean that's good for them and good for like some of the collectibles, you know, if you were super early as well. But anyways, it's just interesting to see how like things have worked out for them in, in some of those situations. But like at the yeah. same time, it was kind of like by their, like just by like human error that that happened. <laughs> it's like great. It kind of is crazy how it worked out. Like, you know maybe, what I mean? Maybe they're just destined for success. So like, no that's what it what, seems like. No, no matter what happens, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're just going to, make it dude that's what that's it's weird it's like the universe has literally like conspired to make them successful even though they've like fudged up a couple of things here and there so (laughs) i don't know man i don't know um do you know what he said this is kind of 
I mean, it's on topic of the AMA, but like, uh, do you do you remember what he said in response to the uh, how many active users we have? Because Lori asked the question, I listened in for like ten minutes for an answer, but then I had to go, and David was kind of like dancing around it. Oh, uh, I don't know. No, <laughs> no I don't. I, there, there's okay. a couple of questions like that, so I'm I'm not sure. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, I probably sounded negative these last you know ten twenty minutes, and. I just ultimately I didn't like that AMA as far as the answers go, uh, but I'm excited about the Lambo drop. I know you the did Lambo it. drop. Yeah, apparently <laughs> you did it. Apparently you did a uh, a live on it yesterday. I think you're shadow banned on YouTube because like dude, I, I checked all over YouTube and I couldn't find it. I'm pretty sure I was even like on YouTube the time you went live and it didn't show it to me. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, YouTube's weird sometimes. <laughs> could have been, could have been shadow banned. Well, Who what'd knows? What you find out? What you find out in the live? Oh yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. YouTube's YouTube. Um but yeah, Lambo, yep. that's that's gonna be interesting. Um supposedly affordable, supposedly low editions. Um I think this one's gonna be a banger. I think this is just a no brainer. Yeah, me too. Uh I think there's gonna be nineteen sixty three editions, and I think that because of their first drop on the NFT marketplace uh, on their first NFT drop, uh they typically stuck with the nineteen sixty three. So I just don't know if they're gonna do like I hope what my hope is they do 1963 total editions and then break that down to the four rarities. What I think is going to happen though is they're probably going to do like 1963, like the there's no common, but like the most common one. And then they're probably going to do like 963 of the secret rare or something like that. I, I don't know, but I hope it's 1963 total. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of people are going to go for this one. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get like botted out. Um, that would suck, but I think it might. Um, so there's going to be a possibility there unless they've, uh, you know, improved on the back end, um, you know, how to track down those bots. But uh, this one's pretty exciting. I I'm excited for it. And um, hopefully we'll be able to drive these in the VVverse. I don't know. Um, will we be able to drive these, Chris? What's your thoughts on that in the VVverse? Let's just assume the VVverse is now. And like, will these be drivable? I think the secret rare is going to be drivable. It's going to have that VV license plate. We've seen yeah. it. We, we see that often. Like usually, like the most common is like static, and then usually there's like a, uh, what, what's it called? A uh, the ratio is off or whatever it's called. The aspect ratio, not aspect ratio. Like I got, I got some alpha. Okay, yeah, go for it. So a, a VV, one of like. I, I can't say who it is, but r the rumor was that if you complete this set, that the fifth Lambo, um, you'll get airdropped, or maybe I don't know what the exact. I think it's going to be an airdropped, like a uh, blue VV in a, NFT or a blue Lambo NFT as the fifth Lambo. Uh, so it's going to be okay. a kind of like what we saw at who Decon. Said, who said that? Uh, it, so it, I can't say. Well, like, he tweeted it. It's. I, if you look up NFT Hodler, um, I, okay. I think he said that he he replied on Twitter, um, but wow, that that's okay. just a rumor. I don't know if that's yeah. going to be a hundred percent correct, but you um, heard it here first. Kyle said, "Buy all the Lambos and you'll get a free airdrop." No, <laughs> <laughs> this is not financial advice. That's just a, a rumor uh, in the rumor mill. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. All right. It other brands cool launching. Now. There's other like premium brands launching in Web3. Um, GQ is launching their own NFT collection with real world perks. So there's still like brands doing a lot of stuff in the crypto winter bear market. Yeah, bro. Maybe not for long. What do you mean? So things are, I'm joking because like I think macro isn't looking better, but like just things are looking so good right now. I just, you know, I wish, I wish it would just keep going up, of course. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. To me, this still feels like crypto winter. Like, oh, same, same. Like, I don't know. Like the 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 liquidity, the volume. Like NFTs are technically still like ninety percent down. I don't know what like the exact percentage, but um, man, uh, I, I'm just ready for a real like bull market, like a real one. Um, I think I've we... made more. I think I've made more money in 2023 off of NFT trading than I have in the last bull market. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> but I'm a lot more in tune with it now. Like I, I know more now, and I'm a better trader, and I have more. I find so. Daniel says Alex said no, but how many uh, times has wait 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 how many times has Alex been misleading? 
you know, Man, uh, in terms of he's going to comment on this video again saying, uh, no, 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 I, I shouldn't say misleading. <laughs> I should say he's misdirected us on purpose. And then we've actually got like what was yeah. rumored. So take, take what Alex says at the grain of salt. He could be trying to trick us here. Um, he's tried to trick us before. So we'll see. Um, I didn't mean to say misleading. That was probably the, the wrong thing yeah, to say. It's going to get clipped and go all over Twitter. Yeah, Chris is going to clip me. Uh, Basie copyright <laughs> issues. Speaking of issues and, and things like that, Basie having their own issues. Yeah, man. It's a very interesting debate. Uh, basically, one of the prominent board Ape holders used his IP to do an, a mint, let's say. It's, it's an open edition. And board Ape, even though it was apparently a trait of his Ape, uh, board Ape issued him a cease and desist letter saying that he didn't own the the rights to it so it's, this is where it's interesting and is different than anything you've heard yet is because the argument is his board ape had like this the uh board ape logo skull on the shirt so it was a trait so he was just using his ape you know to like to be able to drop this open edition mint but beings beings it was board apes logo they're saying that it wasn't his so just the interesting part about this is like do you own full IP rights to the traits or do you have to use like the whole image? And that's not very clear in the terms of service. Mm -hmm. Not just for Basie, but like for a lot of things, like we talk about IP a lot, like on just in this space. So like, what do you actually own at the end of the day? Yeah. And bait, this is the first one. And I was talking to you about this, like before the stream is the, the whole writer rips, like he ripped Basie off uh, pun intended. Yeah. So, um, so they're in a lawsuit, a trademark lawsuit, but he's bringing up in this trademark lawsuit copyright issues. So he's trying to get the court or the judge to like on record say that Basie doesn't have the copyright to the underlying images because they actually admitted in court that they don't have the copyright to the underlying images and artwork uh, to those individual NFTs because also it's a generative project. So you can't actually legally... Uh, own generative like art like and they promoted and marketed that um essentially to their buyers that uh you own all the you have the copyrights yeah. to the, these artworks um so there's going to be a lot more of this going on that will kind of decide long run how this will pan out um so this was going to be interesting uh to, to kind of like watch on the sidelines here um because that could affect how people use their art. I mean, it. This is bull yeah. a bullish case if it goes if like Ryder rips wins or somehow like sets precedence. This could be a win for uh, artists in general because then now these in a, these like ten thousand collections will have to literally be done one of ones by actual artists. Like that's I, actually made. I see what you mean. I still I think Ryder rips is still different though than this lawsuit. Like and and to me my understanding of the writer rips is an L for, uh, for artists because writer rips last year was saying, and, and it could have changed. It's been a year. Uh, but he was saying you could essentially steal art one-on-one art, but it's not the art that you're selling. It's a token. So like, you're not really like stealing the art cause he does, he's big on not, he doesn't believe in, um, or he believes that like everything's a derivative, like every art, every form of art's a derivative from creation or whatever mm. so like he's essentially arguing that like copyright is in general just like shouldn't exist but specifically in nfts you're not stealing art because technically you're selling a token you know so does that make sense so like yeah. that was his original debate was that oh i'm not stealing the board ap art i'm just selling these tokens that just so happen to point to ape images right you know? Yeah, that that was his angle but i think legally though like he can't say that because the tokens are going to be associated with the art so i i think he's thrown that part out of the door or out of the window and now it's going to like legally by definition you can't copyright generative art so this could actually be a, a scenario where um artists will have to like literally uh make the one of one art for like a ten thousand separate pieces of art for a collection, so I don't know. It's yeah, interesting. He probably, he probably pivoted because his lawyers probably told him that. This yeah, would be a I better, mean, better angle, but he's not a good person, right? You know, well, I, I know you're. I know you're a writer rips fan. It's clear. No. <laughs> he's got a very bad history. No, this one. Bad things. <laughs> yeah, no. What I think he is is he's like a professional like troll, if you will. That's like trying to poke holes into these different things and. um, 
you know, he, he's really smart because I think he baited Basie into suing him. And uh, in that kind of case, he's like in that like thinking, train of thinking, he's kind of winning in that scenario and putting a lot of like light on this actual situation. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Again, this could be nothing. Basie could just win the trademark case. And it's not even it, it's not even a copyright case. So anything that he brings up in terms of copyright may not even be matter because it's not even a copyright case. But this does tie in with the other case, though, because that is a copyright case. Um, so they do tie in together in terms of uh, what's happening and the same issues uh, being played out. Um, but that goes to show how early we are, Chris, um, uh, in this kind of NFT space and how they legally will have to to do things here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to point out, I don't think Machi liked the news. Uh, let's look at these transactions. Uh, sold other deeds for two ETH. Sold other deeds for two ETH. Sold sold a mutant for sixteen ETH. Sold two ETH. Like he, dude, Machi sold off so much stuff yesterday. Like um, he so sold, maybe there uh, is something maybe. to this copyright thing. You know, maybe there is. But granted, he he did sell like a lot of other stuff as well. So you know, maybe. Yeah. But like, yeah, Machi maybe was selling, he's like, all of his assets history. Yeah, it could just be because he thinks the mini bull run might be over or whatever. Um, and also they announced the winner of the Dookie Dash. So maybe he's just trying to capitalize on the gains um, in this kind of mini bull run. You know what I think? You know what my conspiracy is? I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to clip it later when I'm right. I think he's I think he's saving up for the key. I think he's going to buy that key. Like the Dookie Dash number one. Cast. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think he's going to be the one to do it. But it, it again, though, if he is trying to do that, he could just be locking in those gains as well, like in this kind of mini bull run to get the key as well. So, yeah, um, he, well, he also just got a seven figure Blur airdrop. He got he got over a million dollars airdrop from Blur. Insane, bro. Uh, speaking of things, uh, I don't. I, there's no easy transition on this one. Polygon um, zk EVM beta goes live next month. Um, this one's a, this one's a big one because um, uh, Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, obviously everybody knows who he is. Um, long ago, this was like years ago, I think four or five years ago, he was talking about how Ethereum could be scaled through layer twos. Well, here we are four or five years later. Um, Polygon is probably on the most, the I guess in terms of EVM, EVM compatibility with Ethereum for layer twos, they are almost like at parity with being, um, you know, EKM, e, <laughs> EVM equivalent to Ethereum. So that's a kind of a big deal. And what that means is like, you know, they can roll up the their transactions and broadcast to Ethereum, I guess, like more seamlessly than uh, the other layer twos and uh I don't know. There's there's a lot that to, to that goes into that as well. I'm not going to get into the techie side, um, and I haven't like uh, read up on my documents on that in a while. So, uh, but that's going to be interesting. That goes live. Um, that's huge for yeah. layer twos and the, um, I guess the adoption of layer twos. So, any thoughts on on that? I still am not the biggest fan of Polygon, but that's just because like I mentally associate it with scams because like a lot of times on like OpenSea, somebody will send you like an asset that uh, well, like, they'll send you an asset and it'll be priced in Polygon. And if you like go to approve that asset that was sent to you, it could like grant access to all your NFTs. So like it's like it was like a common scam last year at this time. And I know that's not really Polygon's fault, but I, it just is like permanently like made me cautious. It's kind of like uh, probably a bad example, but like getting stung by something that doesn't typically sting you, but like for the rest of your life, you're like a little bit scared of that insect or whatever. Or, you know, it's I kind of feel like that. Like I'm always like a little cautious around Polygon, but all that to say, yeah, layer twos are, are huge. Uh, we talked about this in our, in a chat last night, but like, um essentially like ethereum mainnet is there for for permanence more permanence and then the layer twos built on top of it are like for scaling and so like all like me and you are both bullish on like web3 gaming and bullish on like just a lot like a lot of different like uh fun things you can do with nfts and all these fun things are typically going to be done over l2s 
Yeah, totally. So it, it also allows these layer twos to scale even more now. Um, and it also uh, is good for Ethereum's uh, network effect as well. So what we're seeing uh, in the layer two race right now is Arbitrum, uh, Optimism, and I think there's another one. Uh, Mutable X is a little bit lower down the list, but Arbitrum and Optimism are like basically out-processing Ethereum transactions, which makes them very obviously useful. So um, again, layer twos will like in terms of Web3 gaming, they're going to be around forever because, you know, it's hard to have all these successful games pop off and be built on layer one. It's like at, at this current time, it is impossible to do that. Um, so you do need layer twos in certain use cases like Web3 gaming. Um, and again, long run, this will probably be a thing um, forever. Uh, Mutable X are building down to a layer three to, for a dedicated um, layer three for games like, let's say, World of Warcraft built on a layer two. Well, then they could have their own dedicated layer three. So it would roll up all their in-game transactions to the layer two. And then the layer two would roll it up to the because the layer two would have um, order order book. Um, open order books across all the marketplaces built with Mutable X. Um, so you'd have max liquidity and volume across all the marketplaces. And then from there, it, uh, it would roll up to the layer one and finalize that transaction and broadcast it to to um, prove that you own that asset. So yeah, I, I can I can I pitch that back to you just to make sure I get it? Um, mm -hmm. So like, let's say like VV is layer three or whatever. It's not, but like hypothetically, uh, yeah. like I could like upgrade my assets on VV, you know, like I could, you know, be playing that Marvel My Mighties game that you've been hyping up and like collect all these, like, you know, at all these accessories for my Marvel Mighty. Then I could realize that on layer two. And then ultimately I could like, I could pay for the, the gas fee and then realize that on layer one, kind of like that. Or did I misunderstand? Um, yeah, in layman's terms, like if the game, it like they don't have to opt into layer three. So the layer three will be optional for, for these games. So like if you do have a big enough game and you want in game, your own in game marketplace to process like all of these micro transactions. Yeah. So it's more of like a micro transaction scenario where like users are like going crazy in the game. World of Warcraft is like, you know, everybody's doing like trades and swords and blah, blah, blah. Um, then that rolls up to the layer two, which in turn ro rolls, lays up or rolls up to the layer one. Uh, so that's okay. kind of how that would work. So okay. the layer two is more for the order book, the open order book system where, um, you know, user wants to roll it up um, for like mass liquidity across all the marketplaces like Token Trove, IMX, GameStop. Um, that's where that scenario comes in on the layer two level. Blockchain comics said VV is on layer fumbled, bro. We didn't even talk <laughs> about we didn't even talk about the Super Bowl. Um, did you get the Digidaigaku dragon? Did you did you scan and, and get it in time? <laughs> Hang on, I gotta like take that that comment in. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> did I scan it? No, I I, fumbled, I fumbled it. I fumbled it. It goes back to our conversation earlier. VV like fumbled, but like they somehow recovered it you know they fumbled but the ref said the ref was on on their side so the ref was like you know what vv you fumbled but we're still gonna let you keep playing yeah or it's like they have some kind of like freak like call that like <laughs> yeah. makes them make them win the game uh i mean the chiefs the chiefs arguably had a couple calls this year where it was literally late in the fourth quarter with like a less than a minute left or like literally seconds left in in some cases in Pat Mahomes like was running out of bounds and some guy shoves him and the flag got thrown and that put him in field goal range so they could even go to the Super Bowl. I feel like yeah. that's what VV like it's happening to VV. He's like running downfield and like all of a sudden like some random guy pushes him out of bounds and they get the flag thrown in their favor. And I, I feel like that's what's happening. The flag being a blur like blurs like we're throwing a flag here. Like I don't know. It, it reminds me of I, I just watched like a, a one of the Monster Inc. shows with my daughter recently, and basically they like go bowling, like a competitive bowling, and like they suck, but the, the other team gets injured, <laughs> so they like win by default. <laughs> that, that, that's the uh, that's the answer to the uh, exchange listing problem. Hey, in in 
Fast and the Furious terms. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Vin Diesel in the movie. Um, freaking, uh, dang it, I can't remember. I'm having a brain fart. Um, where he says, winning is winning, whether it's by yeah. an inch or a mile. And that's like yeah. v, like Vivi in a nutshell. It's like winning's winning. They're like, hey, we'll take it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, um, yeah, Polygon, uh, setting the stand. Reese even retweeted that. Like Reese, I was like, what's Reese doing? So that's what like was interesting to me, like David used comments. And I'm like, maybe they do integrate Polygon. We'll see. Um, you know, that's complete speculation. So just take that with a huge, super, super huge grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm bullish on layer twos. In, well, unless Reddit, Reddit was able to drop 3 million collectibles, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and more than that now uh, to Polygon. So maybe it wouldn't be that hard for them to go over to Polygon. Yeah, Reddit world class, like in terms of like development, they they've even switched their like in app currency, which is like you would re- get reward your like community. I think with like stars or something. They've even switched that over to a layer. Uh, I think it's a, it was either Arbitrum. I think it was Arbitrum or Avax, one of the two. Uh, so that was very interesting. So yeah, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? So there's a lot of things Reddit's doing that is like really exciting for the wider NFT space in yeah. crypto. Um, so shout out to Reddit for sure, doing the things the right way, um, I, really I, moving I, the needle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About time. Um, but yeah, I'm, again, I'm shout out to uh, VB Reddit because y'all suck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, I've had like I've had like the worst experiences on VB subreddit, man. Uh, like I used to be on there. People are just so rude, so mean. They were, and, yeah. Like, yeah, so screw y'all. Yeah, I at first it wasn't like that because I was one of the first like you know one thousand like same. members. Yeah, it was like me and you. And at first we could post our videos in there, and everybody would be like, "Yeah, man." And then over time, like the the Reddit grew to like thirty k or I don't know what it's at now. And then all of a sudden, people started like being like super like keyboard warriors on there. And oh yeah, one hundred percent. Which is yeah. kind of typical. They're, of Reddit. they're the worst, bro. Like Twitter, Twitter, like the VV community is pretty solid. Even the, the Facebook community is pretty solid. You go to Reddit and they're just like they tear you apart, man. Yeah, they they say some pretty dark stuff too. Like they're like, you yeah. should, you should quit YouTube and think about like living life. Like just like dark comments. Oh I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, was that even necessary? Like who hurt you? Um, yeah, no, all right, not. <laughs> But yeah, speaking of layer twos, I mean, technically, what if it's, I mean, Ethereum could soft fork into like making these layer twos useless long term, but I, I don't, I don't think that happens very anytime soon uh, because Ethereum is so slow at getting things done on their blockchain. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, alpha. Got any alpha, alpha. for the day? Uh, Sign I, yeah. up for Castaway. No, that was last week. Uh, but Igor just dropped something today. Is it Castaway though? Or I don't know. I don't know, bro. Well, I w- I was just gonna say that the um, oh gosh, the Blur season two airdrop is you can still farm for that, and you don't have to buy anything. Um, but also just I think in the next few days or weeks, volume is gonna be insane because people are going to be farming and they're gonna be taking risks to get this airdrop. So you, there's probably some great trade opportunities as well. Sweet. Um, Chris, so where can people find your, uh, before we sign out, I know you have like, you have a coffee shop, right? You, you're an owner, CEO, founder, where can people find your, um, coffee? Um, you can get my coffee. You can actually buy it at the bottom of my 